Welcome to the great conversation where ideas matter. Ideas can shape markets, but they can also change the world. One of the things I've been fascinated for some time, uh, not only because I was a parent, but I also led teams of people. And in both instances, I wanted to put the organization and those individuals and my kids on a path to value. But how to do that? And uh, one of the things I came across early on was strengths-based training. And uh, I went through it. I read the book. I actually, uh, my kids were exposed to it at their school, which was amazing. And, uh, and, and then I, I kind of lost track of it. It was, you know, how you end up fascinated by a tool, but you don't quite stay with it. Uh, and, uh, and an organization I'm a part of, a leadership organization I'm a part of, graciously sponsored a training class for executive leaders in the area. And I met Brandon Miller. Brandon is the CEO of 34 Strong. And he is also an author of two different books with his wife, Anna Lynn. And what I wanted to do is get him on the phone today to really catch up with uh, what he's doing in this uh, development world, but also kind of the heart of strengths-based training, the heart of Brandon Miller and what he's seen being a parent and a leader in the marketplace. So the great conversation welcomes Brandon Miller. Thank you, Ron. It's great to be here today. Oh, it really is, especially since you just published a book in January called Incredible Parent. T tell me what led up to that book, Brandon. Well, be careful what your hobbies are, Ron. You know, my wife and I uh, are parents of seven children and they age, uh, they range in age from 27 down to 11. And uh, we, uh, about five years ago, had had enough requests from speaking engagements, talking about our journey with our children uh, that uh, we were encouraged to write down our, our, our story. And uh, in doing so, uh, as life would unfold, we uh, met a, uh, a publisher, CEO of a publishing house, and we're encouraged to further that effort to the, uh, to the place of publishing a book. And off we went. So the second book came out and we tell the story of what you were just describing, strengths-based parenting in the laboratory with three, seven children, three who have moved out and four still at home. Wow, that's incredible. Now, I got to ask you, for someone who loves to write but has not written their first book yet, tell me what writing with your wife looked like. <laughs> well, I laugh because it, not like I thought it would. So uh, it was, uh, we are both verbal processors and we enjoy talking out our ideas and sharing them. So we, we did a lot of recordings of ourselves chatting, talking about what the book could look like. Uh, my wife is artistic. So a lot of drawing on posters and, and places. And uh, this is a, a great uh, benefit to the marriage. It required weekends away, Ron, where we had to go and be by ourselves away from our children in hotel rooms and write. And I would say that it was one of the uh, probably greatest assets and benefits to our marriage that we've had over the last five years. Wow, that's fascinating. Okay, where'd you go? What do you mean by a hotel room in the, in the city or someplace exotic? So we would, uh, we're in a beautiful geographic location in the Sacramento Valley. So we're about two hours away from Lake Tahoe, Napa Valley, the San Francisco Bay area, 
the uh, up into the foothills, the Lodi Appalachian. So we we would pick spots all around us in in our own region, and then if we had to run, we would we would board a plane and go to a a nice exotic destination in the Caribbean. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. And I'm sure, like you said, you learned a, a lot of new things about an old relationship. It, it, was, it was probably the, the greatest benefit for both of us. And uh, one of the, I, I guess we might say the side benefit is we've come through our two books closer in our friendship as, as much as we are close in our parenting partnership and our, our love for each other. Well, these, uh, these conversations can be very short, which is why I say we're not always one and done, but we want to keep them a little pithy so people have a, uh, a sense of an idea that they can take a nugget and make actionable or follow through with. So what makes an incredible parent? When we think about an incredible parent, it's one who is aware of who they are, so self-aware parent that is playing to their unique strengths, essentially letting go of the trap of comparison to other parents, seeing parenting as the, the most awesome of responsibilities and the joy of one's life. And our goal with our book is to restore that hope and that joy into the parenting relationship by giving parents practical tools to help them be their best selves as a parent. So it really starts with best selves. Nothing happens without knowing oneself um, after that, what's that interaction look like with a kid to be an incredible parent? I think it comes down to a key word right after awareness, it's authenticity. Children have a way of seeing right through us. And they, uh, they seem to know and understand, especially as they move into those teen years, uh, what is genuinely who we are and where we're coming from and where we're frankly faking it till we make it. And I think for us, our, our, one of our objectives, because of our own journey, our own uh, acquired knowledge, wisdom that we've gained over the years, is uh, working to stay in that space of authenticity, of, of being genuine and transparent, and allowing the journey of parenting kids to be a collaborative experience for both kids and parents. So really, once you're self-aware, and then what you're manifesting is your true self, your authenticity. But you also have alluded to one other thing, and that is being present, that this isn't about outcomes, your kid getting high SAT scores or becoming a university graduate or the most popular kid in class. This is about staying present and somehow conveying to them. Now, this is where authenticity gets in, conveying to them that life isn't about comparison. That's right. I mean, we, we, we compete in life, in business, in reality, all around us. And, and I think that's good and it's right. And it uh, pushes us forward. It, it inspires us. It fires us up. And at the same time, our, our greatest potential to win in life is to play with the hand we're dealt, to be aware of who we are, what we show up with, as you spoke about at the beginning, our innate strengths, our ability to, to, reach excellent standout performance and then key Ron sustain that over time essentially tapping into the true genius that each one of us have an opportunity to grow in well i i gotta tell you i can't help it like i said i have been a parent 
I've been a friend, but I also have been an employee, a manager, an executive, and an owner. So tell me how this book bleeds over, in a sense, to your understanding of corporate cultures and individual managers and executives. Absolutely. It's interesting when we think about the relationship between parents and kids and managers and their reports, they aren't all that different, except that we as parents are bonded to these uh, ones that uh, are our offspring. Uh, and in the corporate culture management, um, not necessarily the same intensity of, of that connection. However, when it comes to the practice of managing and thinking about how do we, how do we engage people at their highest level? How do we help them to, to sustain their effort. And interestingly enough, it's, it's a very similar approach, really thinking about who is this person and how do I, how do I advocate for them? And how do I operate in a space where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look to know them, reach in deep and help to cultivate and pull out of them and encourage the best of who they are, knowing that as I do that, I have the, the equal benefit of knowing that I'm influencing them in a positive way even outside of work. So this is the relationship with engagement and well-being. Well, in a space like this, what we can experience is, is you know, in all, all KPIs, all key performance indicators that matter, significant improvement. And, and it's, a, it's such a fascinating correlation to watch managers. We asked this question, Ron, so how many of you are parents? We get everyone's hands. How many of you had or have parents? And raise everyone, so we're all together. We're, we're all together. And now let's think about how these relationships can transfer. And it's been a powerful way to connect that bridge in what I do in both spaces. That's outstanding. One of the things I said in my opening, I was pretty transparent, yes, uh, guilty as charged, is I am a voracious learner, but I don't necessarily practice the discipline of making that systemic and persistent in my life. I dropped strength finders for a while, not because I didn't believe in it, what, what goes on there? What, here I am, a high-performing person. Why do we end up forgetting the very things that have led to our success? That's a million-dollar question or more, I think. You know, it's so uh, fascinating when we think about our capacity to, to retain concepts and engage them in practice where it becomes part of our habits. And in truth, if we... If we think about the way that we, we function, our brains are giant habit, re, you know, a reproducing organ. So it takes us down familiar pathways and that's where we live. So when we add on, you know, great features such as a strengths-based approach, if it fits into the, the, the current paradigm, it sticks. If it's something that was a, a nice intersection, it gave us some great insight and we moved on, probably better for the experience, might not have been the, the applicable. And so in, in every setting, Ron, what we found with this approach is that it isn't one that just happens on its own. It's very intentional because of just our, our way of processing information. We come from, as Dr. Don Clifton said, from the deficit approach. We operate from a, a negativity bias and that, that's really meant to protect us and really meant to keep our, our you know, survival of our species, right? When we move over to the regular interval of, of integrating this, it's one of those that requires some uh, practice, if you will, a lot of reps, a lot of reps before this starts to take root into our day-to-day. -day. I love it. A lot of reps. Habits create outcomes. So um, 
Uh, Brandon, uh, again, this has been the first, I'm sure, of many conversations. I would love to have a journey with you on how your business, which uh, when I ran across you was in a room, uh, maskless. We weren't necessarily, quite frankly, locked down yet. And, uh, and very, inter- uh, very much an interaction and what you're doing now in this new era of the digital economy, the digital transformation of your relationship business. Would love to talk to you about that one day for another 20 minutes or so. Can you give us, though, a quick taste of what that conversation might look like? Absolutely. When we uh, last met, I think we both uh, realized it was our, uh, for me, my last travel engagement of 2020. And uh, then everything went digital right after that. And so we were uh, two years ahead of schedule, two to three years ahead of schedule. Our business had decided definitively we wanted to move toward a a virtual platform and begin to engage people from that place. Uh, We believed that we could be more effective, uh, both as a company, but also effective in our results within organizations. And uh, the pandemic moved us into that position. And a year later, uh, we are... uh, very happy with the outcome. Had our had our most successful year of business in 20, 2020, and twenty one is uh, looking only to continue on that momentum. Well, that's really good news, especially with the kind of message and the kind of tools you bring. Um, if we do have a great conversation with someone you want to listen to, be a fly on the wall during the conversation. Who would you want to listen to? Tom Rath is the author of Strengths Finder 2.0 and the grandson of Dr. Donald Clifton. And I've had occasion to hear him speak and his, his story around being literally so close to grandpa, to, to know and understand this uh, really global movement that his grandfather started and right up to his grandfather's passing and just the position he has taken as an ambassador uh, in this space is, and then on top of that, the man has one of the most amazing stories of overcoming personal adversity with, with a variety of health challenges that he's very open to sharing. He would be the interview that I would love to hear. You know, that you, you may have answered the second question too. I often ask what book you would read next. It sounds like I should read Strengths Finder 2.0. It would be a great read, a great <laughs> read. He, he has several out there. He has several out there that he's done a very good job. He uh, took it on as his personal mission when he was told at 15 years old, he would not live past 30. Oh my! He made it it his life's ambition that he would defeat those odds. And so not only did the strengths approach in his own words, extend his life, the other work that he's done around well-being and the the power of, 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 he has a book called Eat, Move, Sleep, (laughs) and just the simplicity of patterns that prolong and, and really give us abundant health. This has been a great conversation with Brandon Miller, the co-author with his wife of Incredible Parent and the CEO of 34 Strong. Brandon, thanks again. Thank you, Ron.